Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Welcome. Thanks for being here. How is everyone doing? Uh, before we start today, um, I pride myself on answering every message that I get through IG or through you, you know, YouTube and anything. Um, and about a week before uh, Culture Collision, or the week leading up to Culture Collision, there were a couple messages that came through that uh, they required more thought into me, tight, you know, re responding to them. And somehow at Culture Collision, I deleted two messages that I wanted to respond to. So I don't remember who they're from. So if you sent me a message on IG in the last week or so and you did not get a response from me, please send that message again because I wanted to respond to it, but I don't know who to respond to. My apologies for that. Today on the show, if you're on YouTube, you see my man sitting next to me here in the screen next to me, bringing back friend of the show who's now become a regular, my man Brad at outlaws underscore sports underscore cards, all plural. Brad, how you doing, man? I'm good. Nice weather down here in Jersey today. So, you know, getting over being sick a little bit. Nice sunny day out today has definitely been helpful. So I'm yeah. happy, happy today to have a little brightness in our life, right? It's our first sunny day in what, like 10 or 15 days? Right. They were talking about that in the news or something, how we hadn't had yeah. such a run of, and it's like depressing. So I went out yeah. today, a little walk, got outside a little bit. Feels nice. Yeah. yeah. You know, get ready for, uh, Next Sunday, maybe whatever. What's next Sunday? It could be <laughs> Come next on, Sunday. man. My Chiefs. I know. I know you Jet fans forget about there's a, there's one more game left in the season, but you know. That's yeah, you know. To me, yeah. the only thing that really happens on Sunday is determining the final draft order. So you know, that's about the best I have out of it. Yeah, and I am pulling, but I am pulling for uh, Junior who. Thankfully, uh, does not uh, drink and drive like his father allegedly got caught doing today. So I heard about that. Mahomes Senior. Mahomes Senior apparently is on uh, got the little DUI today or last oh, night or something. I just saw it earlier. Yeah, always oh, something good to rattle the cages for the Chiefs before the game. Yeah, yeah, that's Papa funny. Mahomes. Well, I think, and, yeah, I think they expect it from him. I mean, yeah. <laughs> They show videos of him, uh, you know, yeah, after, games, know. after the games, right? You know, people don't know. I mean, the younger folks don't know. I mean, he was he was a decent baseball player. He was a really decent baseball player. Well, it must have been, you know, for for you know, Junior to be growing up, being around, you know, the all the baseball fields and the professional athletes and things like that. So it really, it's become something somewhat of his life right growing up in that kind of I mean, maybe not so much in the spotlight as a kid but if his dad was in the spotlight and in being around all these professional athletes oh, yeah. it's, it's probably a bit more comforting to him than most people who've never been that you know coming out of college right and then they 
you, you get drafted and all of a sudden things blow up. I mean, I'm sure it, it it's it's you know a big transition for a lot of people. Oh yeah, I mean, forgive me for being ignorant about it. I wonder if what kind of baseball career he would have had or how much he played as a kid or you know, I imagine I imagine he was probably one heck of a baseball player before before he figured out he was going to play football, right? I, I yeah. have to imagine. Hmm. You know, you can be the quarterback, you know, on a team, you know, a professional team, I think. And, you know, right. I don't know how good Tom Brady was either, but I know he he was drafted right, too. And there was a few about Drew Henson. Drew Henson was a quarterback, right? Back in the day, he was a Yankee draft pick, played for Michigan. And uh, there was a couple. Wasn't there uh, Tuiasa Sopa? Wasn't he a baseball player, too, maybe? And Brian Jordan played baseball, but they were quarterbacks. Tio, yeah. Tio, Tui Asa Sopa, I think, was, though. I think he played yeah. baseball, too. Yeah. What do I know? Oh, Bo Jackson, right? Wasn't he the first one that made that? Uh... Not a quarterback, though, right? No, no, but still played for, you know, played both sports. Yeah. So we're here to talk hobby stuff, yeah. right? Talk to me. State of the hobby. What do you think? What's going on out there? What do you hey, see? I mean, I had a great time this weekend tooling around the shows. I was at iPlay. Friday and Saturday, I went to uh, Fishtown. I mean, it just, it's definitely tough. I mean, every time we talk, it, I, I think my my opinion has always changed a little bit and not to, not negative. I don't think my tone is negative. I just think I think that the valuations continue to be more negative in my head. Mm. As much as I would like to think if we go back to the first time we spoke, like we'll see some light at the end of the tunnel, maybe. You know what? I'm not off of it. I just think it's going to take a lot longer than I had hoped. I guess maybe it's part hope. Uh, I yeah. just, if we keep, and there's nothing wrong with it, but if cards are selling for a hundred dollars and people are really truly only paying 0.8, that's, you know, what you're going to get on average most of the time, net, net on eBay, off eBay, whatever. The next valuation isn't going to be higher unless there's an event like a Jalen Brunson or maybe Mahomes. But things like that, what really are we seeing drive prices? It's just single events, performance events, and probably the way it should be back in the day, right? I mean, cards didn't just go up because they went up. Cards went up because someone had all-star appearances and MVPs and won things. Mm -hmm. So maybe we're going closer and closer and closer to that. And, you know, but now we talked earlier, and I think there's just a realization out there that just – Maybe there's a lot of people listen and say, yeah, I can get 100% on comps. I mean, I don't know. If you're sitting on $10,000, I get it. If you're sitting on $500, I also get it. But I don't know if I would want to sit around and wait for the next person for that extra 5% anymore. It just doesn't. Yeah, but but what happens if, if, if you know, 0.8 is where it's at? I mean, you, if you're going to go out and buy at 0.8 and sell at 0.8, I mean, it makes no sense, right? So, That's so exactly now. It. That's exactly so it. what? What point do you need to buy at to make sense for you to buy that to go move it at 0.8? Well, you either, well, you got to buy in bulk. You'll get better than 0.8 on bulk. You, a lot. It depends mm-hmm. uh, on what you're buying. You also probably have to go off the path a little bit. You know, you can't buy things that everybody's buying because everyone's you're buying right. it. Why would I sell it to you? For, you know, like, you know, I have a $100 card, last trade, $100. Why You're going to offer me 75 Why would I give you 75 Because the next guy, will, anybody will give you 80 so it's just harder. It's, it goes back to the game we've always been talking about. It's still buy raw and grade if you really want to make money, but that requires patience, more invested capital, risk. Not everyone can do. And you got to hustle. You know, a lot of people talk. You got to talk. A $20 card has to become a 30 become a 50 That's 
it's now become literally like a, that type of industry right now, which nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, it changes all the time. Every time we talk, there's a difference in how the hobby's reacting, but it seems more and more geared to like, you know, Mark Cuban, if they're not paying, if a stock's not paying dividend, it's no better than a trading card. And that's really what we're doing. We're just trading cards and, yeah. you know, it's, and there's okay, nothing wrong with it. I think it's a lot of fun. I'm having a heck of a fun time with it. No complaints here, but you got to be eyes wide open. I think they're realizing that if you don't buy raw and you don't grade, or you, you, you aren't taking risks with players, it's very difficult out there. Or you got to catch dealers, you know, that are willing to give you a break, want to move or catch yeah. someone with a misprice. I mean, listen, I make mistakes every time I go out. If you come to my table, I'm guaranteeing you'll get something for me cheap because I'm uh, mispriced. Every dealer makes a mistake. Every single show, we all miss something on a $20 card or a $30 card. It's cool. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think yeah. more in the more in those uh, discount boxes, single Yeah, boxes, sure, of course. Things well, like, like that. Because people aren't pawing through it. And I, I just talked on my last episode that I went shopping in my own in my own discount yeah. box this week, you know, because I was sending cards off for grading. And I said, let me go back and pull out the 2020 rookies and the 2021 sure. rookies and see if I've got anything in there that would be worth sending out. Sure. And, and Why not? Or even an yeah. old autograph of a player of a decently clean card, you know, PSA nines. You know, they're good. PSA eights of old cards are good. It can work. PSA sevens can work a vintage fives of vintage. There's it's just it's hard with the cost. Um and the waiting, but SGC now presents itself as a really great option. If you're playing in the vintage world, you know, you're getting cards back in two weeks and, and $15 a card, but still the vintage game is hard. It's a very hard game to play. And you got to know your stuff. You got to know your players. You got to know quality conditions. It's not supposed to be that easy, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> it was that that's easy. For, I mean, if it was that easy for everyone to make so much money in cards, we'd all be doing it. Really well, that's what happened, right? It was easy. Anybody could jump in, and 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 if you knew somebody that said, "Yeah, do this, do that, do this," you're going to make money, and they did. But a lot of those people jumped back out of the hobby now, right? And 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 I think uh, people in the hobby have been sitting around waiting, like, "Oh, okay, it's going to get better. Six months, it's going to be good. It's going to be better. It's going to jump up. It's going to do all these things," and it doesn't do it. And then more and more, you see people saying, "There." Yeah, I, I think I'm done. I'm going to take a break for a while. I'm going to sell off these cards or liquidate these cards and hold on to these, you know, whatever they want to do, whatever their, whatever their plan is. Um, because I'm seeing, you know, I'm go, I go to a lot of the same shows and I'm seeing different dealer faces now. And I say, Hey, we're so-and-so or we're so oh, no, he hasn't set up or he's not, he hasn't been here for a while. I don't know. Maybe he's taking a break, you know, things like that. So I, I know the, the the landscape of the dealers, too, and the tables and these shows, you know, a lot. I'm not saying all around. You're going to see this. I see the same faces all the time. But then I start seeing some new faces at some shows that I'm going to. And I'm saying, hey, I haven't seen this guy before or, you know, things like that. Yeah, I mean, but, that was that was that was definitely new for me to see some new faces for sure this weekend. Let, let, let me ask you. So now you walked, you walked the show Friday, you walked the show Saturday, mm -hmm. you know, just take me through, you know, Brad's day going or Brad's evening going through a show. Like, sure. you know, are you digging through the discount boxes? Are you going through the cases or, or, I mean, what, what, what are you looking for now that makes sense for you to get and, and do something with? So for me, the, the bigger shows, I try to avoid the boxes 
Um, not that I don't like them. It's just they're very highly curated boxes at shows most of the time. And a lot of the guys are professionals. And like you said, they know what's in there uh, at bigger shows. And there's a lot of people digging through boxes. So, you know, yeah, you'll always find stuff. But I, I find my energy, again, like I've always said, I prefer the smaller shows. I do really well buying at smaller shows. I find you can have conversations with dealers. You can look at their inventory. You can talk about things uh, when you're at a busy, bigger, busy show. And I play and Fishtown were both very, very busy. You had to talk, act, and move on. A um, little bit more time at iPlay, uh, but at Fishtown, same thing. If you didn't see the card, talk about the card, you move on, you know, you probably weren't getting back to that. It was really hard to, to, to maneuver. And that's a great thing. No complaints. Just a lot of people. Uh, yeah. So I was looking more at like smalls, really in showcases, people that had raw things, things that potentially could be graded. Also knowing that a lot of these cards might have been examined for grading. You know, I know that that's the game we're in too, but I look for things and I was trying to be fair in my offers and, and things that I could maybe throw into a slab that would make sense based on the price point of the card. It was hard, uh, very, very hard to find that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And it's it wasn't that it wasn't there. You just you felt very rushed and I felt so many people uh, it was hard. I'd be going back to the smaller shows looking to buy for me where I think, again, you can maybe get the time and the energy uh, to spend. But walking through the shows, looking at raw stuff, vintage was there. Um, I just pass on that stuff at these shows again because I, I just I, I, I look at it and think the pricing on it is going to be tough at these shows. You're going to get top dollar ask on raw vintage, you know, literally a raw card that they think is a seven is going to be priced like a seven. That's hard to buy. Uh, and then the other stuff, you know, off beaten path, I bought an Angel Reese auto, numbered auto. I bought a, um, uh, I bought a Jay Z rookie tops finest refractor to two forty nine. You know, not expensive stuff. I bought a couple other inexpensive autographs, uh, uh, New York Knicks Allen Houston Prism auto, uh, things like that. But all smalls that I could potentially grade for twenty bucks or more, potentially get a ten and potentially make some money. Yeah. But I didn't look at big cards, Ken. It was too hard, too hard, too much pressure, and the prices were high. Yeah, yeah, high. yeah. And and I think too, uh, you know, here's the thing on the higher cards, the higher price cards. You, you, the, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you know, these repackers are they're basically like a thousand and under, right? Maybe from like from like one fifty, one one fifty to like seven to eight fifty, like in that. I think they're in that area. So you're sitting on you're looking at cards that are eighteen hundred, twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars, right? No, nobody's buying them. Nobody's buying those cards and people, people that have them. And I know I have some of these cards, right? People that have them, like if I go up and I see a card, right? And I, it's, I'm going to say it's a $3,800 card, right? I'm going to be looking for a discount because I know nobody else is buying it anyways, right? So it, it, it may, it may be hostile from the beginning, right? Where, 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 where the dealer's at for a price and where maybe I may be looking to get that price. Now I'm on the other and I'm at that table. This is me at shows on the other end. And I have those same cards in my case that I would love to sell. Right. But people are coming in so low in prices on those cards. And, and you know, I guess they're figuring that sooner or later that I'm going to part with the cards. And this is this goes back to me talking about like in five, five or six of those cards are all Patrick Mahomes cards. Right. So here 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 we go that. 
I'm okay not to sell these cards because they're Patrick Mahomes cards, right? They're Chiefs cards. So if they don't sell, they don't sell. But then I end up like, uh, you know, last week I end up with this Lamar Jackson card, right? A nice rookie on card auto to 25, you know, that type of thing, which I traded out of one and, 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 you know, got into another, but that's a card I'm probably going to be sitting on for a long time. I, I mean, I don't think that card is going to move. I think it may move faster than the card I traded out of. I think this is card to be more liquid, right? But my options at this point with a card like that is trading down. Say, look, I, I know you like the card, you know, show me $3,000 or $3,400 worth of product that I'll, I'll trade out of. And you can have the big card and I'll take the small card, but that's really how it's happening. Not many people. Now, maybe the bigger shows, cause I haven't been to the Burbank and I haven't been to Dallas. Right. But maybe these bigger shows that people are showing up to buy these cards, maybe I need to get to those shows, but Probably. the shows that I'm going to the smaller shows, the, these shows around here, you know, I, I don't see any of those big cards moving. No, I haven't moved in. Uh, I've been doing the big shows and I was at white plains uh, last month. We haven't spoken since then. And, you know, I had a really great show, but I didn't move a ton of bigger cards. I moved stuff that was just people coming up and making fair offers. And I took it and I looked at everything and saying, you know, can you get 20 bucks more? Can you get 50 bucks more? But you know what? If I go home with the card, it's probably worth less. And that's my thought process now is, and again, it's not a negative. I'm just the way I feel about the market. It's like a car market. You buy a card. And you're paying percent and you walk off the showroom floor with it and you go home and that card is now traded on eBay for similar to what you just paid. And you just paid 83 percent. Yeah. So it's just a tough, 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 tough spot. So I think that now you have to people have to look and say, like, if this is your living and this is your bread and butter and this is how you pay your bills, you have to define yourself one way. You know, me, I'm looking at it like. Taking profits or cutting losses on things is better than to continuously sit and wait for that price increase. And yeah, for every time we sell a card, we sold it too early and look what happened, but look at all this. I mean, I don't know about you, Ken, I'm sitting on probably more dead cards than the average human being. So I can speak from experience for every time I win, I also have a box behind me. That's probably losing 1% a day. And we all have those boxes. So yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not complaining, but we got, you got to put yourself in a position. What's the purpose? What's your purpose? My purpose with the cards was to sell a lot and create a, a business for myself and, and and maybe some side income and do other things with money, which is happening. Just maybe a little faster than I was hoping to. Yep. Yeah. Got to speed it up a little bit. It's funny. Uh, this past Friday, I had, you know, probably the whole morning I had a job book that canceled and I was sitting in my office and I have a shelf over here and it's it it, it, it was a mess. Right. And I thought to myself, let me just organize this one shelf. Let me pull these boxes down. Let me go through them all. And then I realized at one point that I have I have more cards that I didn't have than the cards that I did know I had. You know, I do know yeah. that I own. Right. So now all of a sudden I have to start pulling these cards out and figuring what I'm doing. And one of those boxes was a box of like you talked about dead cards. Right. The Zach Wilson, the Mac Jones, uh, Trey Lance, you know, these these kinds of cards like that. Kyle Trask. Right. And, and I realized that box was overflowing, that I had to get a bigger box to put those in to make it look neat. Right. And I said to myself at some point, like, do, do I dress my wall? Do I make wallpaper in here with it? Just like like the dead. Like, I almost feel like I want to put, you know, 
because they're, they're such great looking cards that have no value. I want to like, like put a, put a border around the office or something of just cards that I'll, I'll, I'll never get any money for, or, you know, very few, but then I go to show, like I was at a show today. Right. And, and somebody had a, a, it, well, it was in Rhode Island, right? And somebody had a couple of Mac Jones cards, like $3,000. And I was looking and I, like, maybe they did sell for that at one point, but I mean, not even close that, you know, but it, I don't know. It's just like, like you hope, you wish that there was somewhere, like you could just take these cards and it would be, it would be meaningful, right? Like, I mean, it, you could, it, you could like, even it if it wasn't the money, at, money at some point, but if it was meaningful, because what does a box of cards in my office on my shelf really do for me? Well, that's how I feel about a lot of this stuff. But at some point, you know, you got to just probably take the box and send it off to some auction house and, you know, whatever they send back to you, be grateful you got it and yeah, yeah. keep it moving. I would take the box and I would pick your favorite auction house that'll take anything and ship it to them with your name on it and say, run it and have a good day and send me my money. Yeah. And get hope yeah. maybe you'll get lucky and someone will pay for something a little bit more than a dollar. <laughs> you might, you never listen, you never know. Yeah. You yeah. never know, Ken. But that's I've yeah. done that a few times too, taking boxes or, or rows of dead cards and slabs and sent them off and 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 gotten rid of them. And I yeah. think one time was pretty funny true stories. I actually sent the card out and then not realizing bought it back. Like <laughs> <laughs> like not f- sent it to the auction house and then like oh look this is cool and i bought it and then i come to the thing and i'm like oh shit this was my card like laughing like and i realized like oh crap how much money i lost on the card when i got it back i'm like wow like i i, I did that at one point i dropped a bunch of clothes off at a consignment store right and then i had gone back you know like weeks later to see you know what what it sold and and i'm and i'm shopping through and i'm like oh my god this this is like such a great shirt it's my size and everything i pull it off and all of a sudden i look at the tag i'm like oh my god that's my my (laughs) put it back on the thing but but it's just interesting that our mind yeah yeah yeah. you know back in the day when we collected you collect everything you know i think i have like seven cards this Duke Snyder card, it's, I don't even know what it is. It's like the magazine cover looking like card. A lot of guys had them and they're not expensive, but every time I see them, they're always like five bucks somewhere. I always buy them. I don't know why, but I might have like 19 of them and even like send them off to auction. I like, will buy them again. I don't know why I'm the, that card has got like a thing that follows me around. I bet you in my box, I probably have 10 of them. Yeah. And they're probably worth less than I paid for all of them. I went to uh, I did two shows this weekend. I did the uh, the Enfield show here in Connecticut. My guy Alex, Ideal Cards, it's his show, and I showed up. You know, I I talked about showing up late to this show, like getting there at like eleven thirty or whatever. So I made an effort. I do I work Saturday mornings. I do some you know with my business. I do some work Saturday mornings. I go to an office. So I I got up early. I set the alarm. I got up early and I drove. Got up got up to Enfield, which is about, you know, 45 minutes away from me to, to, to get to the show opened at nine. And I got there like just before 10 o'clock, it was probably, you know, nine 45, nine 50. And I know most of the dealers there. And, and as I'm walking around, people are, you know, I'm like, how's the show? Oh, good. Look what I picked up. Look what I picked up. And all the dealers are picked, they're all holding up the cards that I wanted to buy. Right. And, you know, it, I'm not never going to end up getting them. Right. But I did buy some cards. And and uh, the reason I'm going through this to share with you, because 
It's what it, it's interesting that we did not talk about this at all, but I I picked up the Angel Reese card, <laughs> right? That's the funny. uh the Paige Becker card. <laughs> Becker I tried to card. I tried to buy her her auto. Uh I tried to buy an auto of hers um at the show yesterday. The I bought the big Kahuna. I bought that online. I, there's somebody in a Facebook group put up uh, Paige Becker's the big Kahuna auto, and I bought that. So I'll wait for that to show up. But I I, I picked up a couple of uh, these Simone Biles, right? The the Olympics coming. I figure I'll pick those up. But you know, we're talking about you know. I'm asking you what makes sense to buy at point eight, or what do you need to buy it at? But my train of thought is if if you start buying things that people aren't buying at the time. I mean, that's that, those are the, it's a risk, right? Good. Like these types of cards here. But I mean, to I me, say, I, I, mean, pickleball card, I literally today before I got out, I sold a pickleball card for $850 um, on eBay. No joke paid for too, you know, and I've done that a couple times and that's lucky. Yeah. Cause you get lucky, but yeah, you got to go off that. We talked about this. You can't buy the things everyone's buying and you got to yeah. take a risk. And doesn't mean buy pickleball. doesn't mean buy Simone Biles, but it does mean that you got to try to not buy the same card that everyone else is trying to move at every single show. You're just trading, you know, yeah. shelf, man, you're just trading the yeah. same. And I do the same thing. So I will try to walk as many shows as I set up and I'm walking. I seem to be walking more shows than I'm setting up. And I say to myself, as I'm walking by, what stopped me? What what stopped me? What did I like about this person's case? And not even so much the cards anymore, which it is the cards, but sometimes just the way the case is set up or how, you know, what they're doing that made it look so appealing for me to stop and look, just taking mental notes. Like, because I think these are the important things. Now, it used to be that you could just show up, drop a case, throw the cards in and just start talking to people and like, like, I think that we all have same cards everybody else has or similar cards. So what's going to determine what's going to separate me from everybody else in this room? What's going to get people to come and say, oh, you know, I want to look into the case. And I think having cards that nobody else has, like the Simone Biles or Angel Reese or like just cards like that. It, I mean, it's OK to have the Mahomes and the. The, the Lamar Jacksons and stuff, but I think you need to have, like you just talked about these pop culture cards and things you need to, yeah. you know, like get, get people to now stop. You do. Now you yeah. do, or I've used, you know, the other side of it, I've done the, uh, you know, the Babe Roots in the case and I've done the Mickey Mantles in the case and I've done, uh, you know, the big Mahomes cards in the case and you know, Barry say anything. I try to use um, those cards for people to stop. Again, because I, I like you said, what sets us different is not just the card to case, but then if you stop, they stop, then you have a conversation, hmm. and then you have to talk to them, see what they're interested in, what they're looking for, maybe, maybe make a deal. I don't yeah. know, but again, that's always the edge uh, that you have to find in the business. Is sometimes it's the pricing is hmm. going to be the pricing just to get someone to stop and like want to buy your card because they walk, they look, they see, they keep moving. I mean, we're all guilty yeah. of that. It's how we roll. But if someone takes the time to talk to you, that goes back to just. That's not how to make money. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's how to make money one-on-one, but in, in this, <laughs> in the scheme of things here, you know, how do you, how do you stop and find someone's cases? I mean, that might be part of it too. I mean, how do people, how they express themselves to you when you walk by, they sit in there with their hand like this, they looking down. I, Hey, you know, when I walk up, if you're engaging, I'll stop, maybe take an extra second just because you actually talked to me and said, Hey, mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't help you get better than point eight. 
It just helps somebody actually stop at your table. It may get the offer. It may help help you get an offer. I still, end of the day, you still pay extra buck for someone you like versus someone you don't. Yeah, yeah. And that's you true. Like I, think, I think as much as we all say, you know, we don't and we all got the best deal possible. Uh, I Yeah, I think it, there's something we like or something we think that c- could move the needle. We're, we're always willing to pay a little bit more for it. Yeah, sure. For sure. I mean, there's people I wouldn't sell my cards to for 110% of comps just because they're bad people, they're bad actors, they're, you know, scumbags. So, I, you know, that person could walk up to me right now and offer me 110% cash of comps, the highest comp. And I would say no, but I would sell it to you for 0.8 of the last comp because you want people to succeed and do well together. If you're a slime ball and you're a scumbag and you bad comp people and you don't you take advantage of kids and other people and you sell bad things in your cases. I'm not going to sell you a card. I don't care. I mean, maybe some people will, but you know. Yeah. I mean, there's those people who say, as long as you're buying, they're selling. Right. Yeah. To so. me, it's, I don't care how much money you got or what kind of cards you got. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're, you know, if you're not for the people, don't come to my table. Yeah. Don't even talk to me. It's just not worth mm-hmm. it. I was at, I went to, uh, I drove up to Coventry, Rhode Island today. I'd never been to that show. I drove up to that show today. Um, it was at a it was a Coventry High School. Uh, it was mostly uh, vintage stuff. I mean, it was probably ninety percent vintage in there, and you know there was no high end stuff in there. It was mostly low end. It was it, you know I was thinking to myself, this is where all the PSA eights and nines ended up, right? I guess that's <laughs> throw it every so uh so a guy had said to me uh you know we were talking about Mahomes and I said yeah I had the um uh the 2023 the downtown PSA 10 and uh and I showed it to him he's like oh yeah it's a nice card you know nobody was nobody was buying there nobody I mean they all had signs for buying but nobody they, they weren't buying the stuff that I had in my case and uh and somebody else walked and said oh which car which one is that and I said oh it's the 23 you know it's a new one he goes, oh, the pop count's got to be like a million on that. And I'm like, no, it's, it's only in the 40s. It's, you know, it's pretty low. Uh, he said, he said, what's, what was the last comp on it? And I said, 1250. And he said, what do you need to get for it? And I said, 1200. He goes, 1250? And I said, yeah. He said, you'll take 12? And I said, yeah. He goes, nah, I'd offer you 750, maybe 775. And I said, let me ask you, like, when you go to the store, when you go to look at a TV at Best Buy, do you tell them, like, yeah, what's it worth? Two thousand? Ah, I'll give you a thousand. You know, he said, he said, oh, they're gonna lose this week, and that card will be half price, and uh, you know, and I'm like, come on, yeah, man. I mean, like, and what's funny too is, like, they, that's a terrible offer. I mean, it's just like a yeah. low-ball insult. Yeah. I mean, you know, this doesn't need to happen. I'd rather just say... Like, I don't know if people are trying to be funny at that point, or they're just trying to be a clown, or, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I have no idea. People find a way to buy it for under 0.8. Yeah, yeah, but but that's way, that's half price, almost. You know? That's at 0.8, you might have actually considered it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. 0.8, I would consider Why would I consider it? it? Yeah. I consider maybe, it if it, maybe if it was, you know, a, a Jets player, I might have considered. Jets players, we accept offers at 0.5. <laughs> but you know what it, it, the dra- and i i knock your jets but your draft class you know last year you had you know with uh, uh wilson and Brees hall and 
you know, uh, I've got a bunch of these guys. I've got their autos and, and you know, solar you prisms. Me, I almost none of them. I, I've sent them all off for grading because I do all these shows down here. And you know what? These, both, these guys are, are quality players that, you know, it's going to be worth having those cards in my case come, you know, come next year or come, maybe come this summer or, or whatever. But, you know, there's a, there's a time. I, I say there's a time for every player. There's a time for every card to sell. There, there really is. And and knowing where the market is, knowing what people are willing to spend on it, right? It determines what I'm willing to spend on the card to grade the card to figure out what the card could be worth, right? So if I'm buying, if I'm buying, say, a Brees Hall or a Garrett Wilson, right, a rookie card, there's some PSA 10s out there. I could look now to see what they're selling for. Right. And the raws to the PSA 10s, there wasn't that much difference in price. Right. To 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 do that. So. So. Will it will 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 the value of that card, will the value of that 10 jump up next year? Right. With their quarterback back playing and, you know, you know, can't go really the, wrong with that price point anyway, though. Really, what are we talking about? You know, how much are those slabs on PSA 10 Brees Hall stuff of anything? It's probably not expensive. No, not at all. So. To me, it's worth you know getting the cards, grading them, and see where see you know see where it's going to go. This is a whole new thing with me with grading. Like I've been grading all along, but this year I've really like I've talked about. I have 180 cards out at PSA, right? And that uh, and that's at their special at 14.99, with the valuation is 250 or less, right? So um, it's not. It used to be before where those cards I would all sell raw, and I was sending the five, six, eight thousand, two thousand dollar cards out to PSA. I'm not sending any of those cards now. Now now it's all small, all small card that I'm doing in, you know, that I'm doing bulk of. And it, it, it's a whole new lane for me waiting. And let me tell you something with PSA. So the Wednesday before culture collision, which was uh, 10, 12 days ago, whatever it was, I, I'm not going to calculate what it was. That's when PSA received I sent five orders, right? And two of them were 10 day, you know, uh, or sorry, 20 day return. And then the rest of them were all 65 or 75 days at the 1499. Do you know they, they opened those packages up already? The two cards that were 20 days, I've already got back in my possession. And the other 180 cards are already in assembly. They've already been graded. In less than a week, they've, they've, been graded and they're in assembly and I, I probably will get those cards shipped back to me this week. They haven't, the grades haven't come back yet, but it was just unbelievable. When I sent those, I'm like, Oh geez, I hope I get these back for April. Right. And I think I may have these back, you know, uh, mid February. That's fantastic. I have an order. Right. I have to get out soon too. Uh, PSA order. I'm just have some, um, compiling to do and then an SGC order I'm getting ready to do. And then a little, uh, non-sport order here getting ready to do with the stickers holographic stuff so yeah well let's talk about grading a little bit how do you determine what you're sending to sgc what you're sending to psa i mean what, what is your uh, i won't send anything to bgs anymore um no you know if anyone ever wants to ask me about that i'm sure to talk about that privately but um uh sgc is vintage for me um their customer service was nice you know their turnaround time's great the values if you look at the comps they really don't value that much different than psa on the better vintage stuff yeah you could find some you can always argue big differences and stuff yeah but you know i was checking on some comps on cards yesterday and some raw stuff i was going to send in and 
you're talking within five to ten dollars on two hundred fifty dollar cards. You know, so that's a good good spot. Uh, PSA, I'll send anything to PSA. You know, higher end, vintage, modern. I just try not to do so much modern stuff with the grading. I just don't. The time the stuff gets back, sometimes I just feel like I'm just going to take it in the teeth, so I don't mess with it too much. But to me, it's it's really PSA for anything modern. Uh, anything PSA is good for almost anything, even thick cards these days. You know, people would argue don't send thick cards to PSA because they'll clobber you on the grade and BGS is better. Yeah, well, if you go get a PSA eight on something and you go get a BGS nine, you know, the PSA eight still sells better sometimes than the BGS nine. So, like, you know, there's an argument for that. And BGS customer service is terrible. Their prices are yeah. awful. Their times are bad. I've had an awful experience with them recently, just very recently. Terrible, terrible experience with them. Uh, and they know it, too. So, um, and they had no, like, no remorse, no nothing about it. They were just, sorry. Um, mm -hmm. PSA is kind of similar. Well, SGC. I just find they don't, they don't care. I mean, whatever they say, they say. And, and I, guess seem, I do say SGC does seem to care. I don't know if yeah. they care. They respond to emails. Uh, their service representatives are at the shows. They're there. They're talking questions, answering questions. They're mm -hmm. taking time to, to comment with you. So that, again, we talked about that. Yeah. Why did I, I never did SGC. Well, I yeah. actually started to like them. I'm liking the way they handle the customers, yeah. the people. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you not want to give them a shot? And then you sell their cards and they're moving. The, and the and the one or two people that walk up and say, "Ah, I would buy that card if it wasn't in a P, if it wasn't an SGC slip." Okay, bye. Then yeah. we'll find someone else to sell it to you for PS. I don't care. Yeah, I I sent an order in. I sent an order in to SGC because there were cards they were for my own PC, and I wasn't really so concerned about the grade as I wanted them encapsulated. And other cards that I had were already graded with SGC, and I figured, well, at least it's going right. to match in the case, right? They're going to look. And yeah, I had a great experience with them. Sent it out. You know, it was within a week. I had the cards back, and and the, the the grading was very fair. I thought I thought it was actually better than I got better grades than I thought I was going to get on it. But being out out at the tables, being you know trying to be a dealer out there with you know modern stuff and SGC, like people just don't want it. And as soon as they pick it up. It, right immediately they're thinking um is it worth me to buy this crack it out send it to psa and you know and that that's that's their calculation in their mind already because they just feel and for whatever reason it is they just feel like nobody wants an sgc you know uh, card graded with sgc a modern one right yeah i mean it's just like those stupid stanley cups i mean it's just a fad you know people change all the time it was a year ago i wouldn't send anything to sgc too and i you know guilty of that too but then you'll realize, you know, as the business models change and your your business model changes, there's a place. BGS, I don't have a place for them. They're, they have not found a place. I don't think a lot of people have a place for BGS. Yeah. Sadly. Because they used to be really, really strong in the hobby. Mm -hmm. But they just really... I don't get it. Yeah. I thought they were going to... I mean, I think people really thought they were going to be bought out. You know, so or we taken hoped. over. Yeah, we hoped. Huh? We hoped. Yeah. I think we hoped. I would love to see, uh, you know, someone come and take them out. Someone that's going to do something with the brand and bring it back. Because, I mean, we all own BGS slabs. And they are a big fixture in the hobby. And it does help to have a third company that is strong. And uh, with all these waves of other grading companies, I know there's some good ones and people like them. You know what? You stop for there a while, a couple of years. You saw all these other grading companies in the cases. You don't see them anymore, do you? You see SGC. You see PSA. You see Beckett. 
the occasional slab of some other random random uh company yeah, like tag you a big show and you go to see dealers that have been around the business a long time that are not turds that are just regular guys like us you're not going to see those slabs and they know better and i'm not trying to knock it if you like it if you can make a buck doing it go for it yeah but if you want a long-term play in the hobby i mean i don't know if those are the ways to play mm. there's got to be some arbitrage there for people because it's low you know people can find cards there that maybe are being moved in believers of the hobby of those companies and crack them out i just don't that's not for me mm. yeah not for me i do like the one company though where you can like like zap the thing the clear uh what's a tag they look pretty cool tag yeah they look tag. very cool i just yeah. don't i haven't i haven't done any ignorantly haven't done any research for valuations on it it just looked really cool but i just until I start seeing, it's, like, it's, it's tough grading on those. Like, you get a ten back, you know that that card's perfect. You know? I believe it, but you know, until I start seeing, when you start seeing dealers in the hobby are representing those cards all over the place, that's what it's going to take, you know. And I, sadly, uh, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel with grading. I'm just going to, mm. you know, you got to go with what works for now. So when you show up and you're looking in somebody's case and you see like a CSG. Right, that's what it is like CSG or or like another lower end grading company of a car like that's that's priced like a PSA ten or a BGS nine five or an SGC ten. In your mind, you immediately think, well, it wasn't graded properly. It's not a ten. The value should be lower. What what is your thought? On when I see those, when I see those third those third party those other yeah. party companies, yeah. I mean, I don't really think much about it when I see them. I usually just think about like pass, just pass, because I'm not interested in owning them. I'm not interested in cracking. So their prices, and I tell people all the time, prices are dumb. You can put any price you want on a card. You're still going to comp it, right? So like, I just look and see them and I just pass. Because I always yeah. question like, why would somebody send that card in for that? Like, why would you send like a optic hollow Patrick Mahomes to one of these grading companies? I just yeah. would trying to understand why yeah or what? even the H hga yeah right? why even like, why would you do that i don't know i'm not again someone can tell me i'd love to ed anyone at a show that sees educate me i'd love to understand the thought process mm -hmm. as to why not to knock it just to understand i don't know why somebody would do that i i think what happens too because i know um i go my you know i my daughter lives in north carolina in apex and i go to cardiac cards it's the local store it's like 10 minutes away and most of their cards in there are HGA, and they sub out to HGA. I mean, I think that it's like a big deal there for them that people in and why I'm in there. The store is always busy. People are bringing cards in. They're they're giving them off yeah. to send off to HGA. So it may have a lot to do with you know who Where? your local LCS is, who's grading them for you, who you're trusting, who's you know, who you're listening to, to, you know, where you should be sending them. And a lot of people, if, if you're just getting this card for yourself, then it doesn't matter if it's Agreed. PSA, HGA, whatever. Like I told you, like I, I have a number of, and I'm building up another order now for SGC. Cause I just have a number of, you know, PC cards that I'm never going to move that I just, I'd rather have them encapsulated, you know, than, than, sure. you know, leave them in a one touch or just, you know, leave them raw on the shelf. Makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a big grader. I love, I love grading cards. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I'm a little shy right now. I usually have like anywhere from 50 to a hundred cards out in processing, but right now I don't. 
I have uh, maybe like a small SGC order, like 25 cards and maybe another 10 or 15 at uh, PSA just because I got so busy Yeah, with the shows and stuff. You And, and you can't, you can't grade everything. And the amount of cards, as you know, I have, man, you got to sell some cards before you can grade some cards because the grading yeah, bill costs money to grade. Yeah. Especially yeah, when well, you're sending in a couple hundred of them, it costs money. <laughs> yeah. So I usually send 50 to a hundred at a clip. And you know, if you're sending in some of the cards, I send in bulk, but most of them I send in a little faster, you know, it's a couple thousand bucks and it's, you know, you got to invest the money into the cards to do it. And it's not easy every week to, every month to do it. So I kind of stopped. I didn't do one for January or for February, but I do have a really nice uh, order that's getting prepped for PSA uh, back here. Now it's going to probably be like 60, 70 cards. And I'm really excited for it. Cause there's some really cool stuff, like some high end refractors and stuff that I picked up along the way that mm -hmm. time to go time to get them out. Now, do you look, do you examine your own cards for grading or do you just buy them and let somebody a lot, else? Yeah, I examine, them? no, I examine uh, a lot of my own cards before I send them out. Sometimes based on the rarity and the scarcity, I don't care. Like I'll look at the card and think if it's got a shot, even for a seven or an eight, sometimes, sometimes cards just need to be slapped, you know, and, and I don't mind paying the cost of it, especially mm -hmm. like you're not going to sell the card raw anyway. No one's going to buy the card for 50 bucks raw, but they would buy it for 65 or 85 in a slab just a little different. So sometimes the card becomes more marketable and rare older cards like refractors and stuff, you know, if they're not going to 10, some of them are tough, but like, you know, things that have a, at a 10 or 25 or 50, you know, if you can afford yeah. to do it and you can get an eight on an older card, not new stuff, older cards, stuff from like the eighties and the nineties, if you can hit grades on that stuff, it's worth it. People will rebuy it. Mm. Sometimes the do margins. You at, do you look at certain cards? Do you come across certain cards and say, well, this has probably already been graded and somebody probably cracked it out and it's, you know, it was better off to thought that it was better off to sell it raw than in. That's a great question. You know. I'm always paranoid about that, Ken. I always believe that every card I buy from a professional dealer has been graded before, especially if it's like a bigger modern card. So when you see like big RPAs of big players and big, that to me, like, you know, Mahomes, raw, hollows, things like that, you're always going to look and say, why? Like, why yep. would you just not grade it? And that's what my questions become. So I do stay away from that stuff. To me, it always becomes the source. Who's selling you the cards? Is it coming from another dealer? Is it coming from a showcase? Is it some random off the street? Or are you getting it from some person who calls you over to their house who has a collection for the last three years? Doesn't mean you're getting clean cards. But it does mean that you maybe have something that hasn't been looked at. That is hard to do. Yeah, Finding people that have not handled these cards before is hard yeah yeah and, but and 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 it's true you go to these shows and you see these these dealers set up so i'm in there looking for raw cards you know obviously modern cards and then i'll see like a sign i'll be like oh you can we were you know we sub through psa or whatever come sub your cards with us then i look in their case and i'll see like a couple cj strow cards sitting in the case raw and i just think to myself if those you know if those were gradable they wouldn't be in that case the, right they right been, and people off, ask right. me all the time because I grade a lot of cards. Everyone says to me, Brad, if you didn't grade it, why is it for sale? Truth be told is I just don't – some things it depends on the cost, the price point of the card. And honestly, like you can't grade everything. And if you see what I'm grading, I'm not going to grade like 25-year-old autos of guys from, you know, from cards that are hard to grade. It just doesn't make sense. I grade things that are harder, rare to find and or things that I think I can hit a good grade on. But like a lot of stuff, you know, if you send a Don Mattingly – 
auto in and you put it in a slab, no one's going to buy it. You know, like some of that stuff, like the 25 year old autos, right? From those older products. Yeah. No one wants it, but they want it raw. So if you slab that card, even though you can get a 10, now you almost priced yourself out of the card because now you put that $50, $80 Mattingly card in a 10, you pop one. Now you're asking 300, 250 for it. No one's buying it, but they'll give you 90 for the card raw all day. So it's just have to be smart. And I look around the room, like, you know, do you really want to grade jumbo Giannis third year patches from national trip? Maybe, but you know, they become harder to move when they're in an eight and a half slab. Yeah. So that's how I'm looking at it. Like I do. And and that's really trade bait for somebody else. Right. I mean, like that that Giannis car that, that just turns into trade bait for somebody else. They don't want it in a slab. They'd rather have it in that, that one touch. And then I make so many mistakes with this all the time. And just because I say, it doesn't mean I don't make the same error, but you know, when I buy these cards, I look at the same thing. If I'm going to grade it, it doesn't hit who wants it. Or if I hit the grade, who wants it? Sometimes (laughs) you look at stuff and you go, man, you send this stuff in. That's great. I'm glad I hit a 10 on that. Mm. No one's buying it now because now it's a $3,000 card. It would have been better if it hit a nine because someone would want it at $1,250. Now nobody wants it at $3,000. And you almost like we're at, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got 10 curse. No people are going to listen and go, yeah, poor us getting 10. It's not, if you think about it though, if you buy a card for 50 bucks or 800 bucks and you hit a nine and you can sell for 250 or you hit a 10 for 500, who's buying the 10? Or now you're going to send that 10 for 0.8 and, and you're not going to want to sell it for 400 bucks. Yeah. Right. So like, it's a, yeah. just a funny, I think it's hysterical. These conversations, we could talk about this for days, but I will say though, um, you could start to meet in the hobby. Who's, who's legit. Who's a hustler. Like who really wants to be and who's trying to just, you know, clip people for any little penny they can. Cause there's some people out there that'll, they're giving you good deals to keep the money flowing. And there's a lot of guys out there, man, they chopped their own mother's head off to make a buck on you. And it's terrible. And those guys are going to be out real soon. And we're finding them more and more when you start to see the bottoms where people are paying and Slimers are still running around trying to offer you 50% off of three year ago old comps. I mean, and you know, I mean, you go to the shows and you look in the cases, you know, the dealers that are turning things over. And that, and that to me is a, is a, uh, you know, a great barometer of what I'm looking. So when I show up to a show that I, I've been to the show, I know the show and I know some of the dealers and I come up and I saw you two or three weeks ago and I looked in your case and now uh, three weeks later, I'm looking in, I don't see anything that I saw three weeks ago. Right. I see all and new inventory. We in talk there. about that, you know, for all the people out there that are setting up as dealers or occasionally, you know, know that, right? Like if you're going to set up as a dealer, I only do once a month, maybe two, twice a month weekends. I try to not do it all the time, but even I'm very, very conscious of making sure that my showcases have a lot of turnover and change. Even if I have to take cards and not bring them and put less expensive cards. If people walk up to your case, they see the same thing every show. They're going to just keep on walking by you. And that's why I've refused to do shows every weekend because you can't constantly me have turnover every weekend. That's going to be different. And to make the masses happy, I'd rather just do it once or twice a month, have my chance to go through old inventory, bring some out, reprice some stuff, get some new stuff in, and keep my people coming back. Man, if I show up to the same show with the same boxes, with the same stuff in my cases, you know what's going to happen. Hey, good to see you. Nice yep. talking to you. Walk right by. We'll walk right walking. by. And we do this too because I could go to a show, walk right by the same 50 dealers. 
Yep. I do it. I do it all the time. I go to these local shows, you know, and there's certain people that have, I mean, the vintage guys, obviously, because I, I just don't think that stuff moves as fast, but there's just certain dealers that have the same cards in there. And I always say, Hey, anything new, right? Cause I'm looking, I don't see anything new, but if you're, you're, you're going to point it out to me, if you've got something new in the case, sure. I might, I may want to look at, but I'm not going to stand here for, I'd rather I'll no, stand I here and talk to you, but my I'm, boxes I'm are always, my box are always 40 to 50% minimum new. I take stuff out and fill it back in, but I do that when it sells a lot, it's easy. Like last show, white planes, I sold so much. My boxes will be 50% new just because people bought so much. My showcases, I, you know, I'll go through the cards and half the cards won't make it. And then some cards that I didn't bring last time will come back and then some new stuff comes and some people don't see the same stuff. There's always a few cards I bring every show. Um, then they sell. <laughs> Do you can sign out? Do you get to a point where these cards and you're like, all right, I, I can't do anything else with these cards, send them off to somewhere or they just, what, what do you end up doing with those cards? Interesting. I just did that for the first time. Uh, for a couple friends of ours uh, in the hobby. I've, they are around the country more than me every weekend traveling to shows. So like I would call it consignment. Sure. We call it like friends, helping friends. Uh, took a couple of my bigger cards and they're shopping them around the country for me as they go to these bigger shows. And I trust them. You know, they're obviously, we're not talking about $500. We're talking about thousands of dollars in cards. These are relationships with people I trust. So don't do this at home with anybody folks. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, I don't want to travel around the country, go to shows every weekend. And there's some people who have obviously bigger Instagram or bigger, you know, uh, TikTok pages, whatever, and can, can put cards on and get reactions that I can't get. So I don't mind. Uh, sometimes when you have big cards that you're into for money, you can't hold out waiting for that 30%. You got to sometimes make less. So I have a few cards like that now. I would consign uh, if I had to, but I don't know if I, I don't know if I would need to at this point. I, I think that there's enough, I think people out there that will pay you uh, close to what you need on most cards. I think if you just willing to work. Go to a show and shop. I mean, the re listen, the repackers are great. I love these guys. Uh, they don't, probably don't listen, so it's hard to even say their names. Like Ethan, uh, Dan, those are great kids. Daniel, they're 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 good guys out there. They're keeping, they're buying Austin, right? They're out there buying cards from people. You don't like their prices, don't buy it. Don't sell it to them. But if you have stuff you're thinking about moving, you got to show it to them if you're, if you're sitting on it because you're just going to keep waiting. Let them put it in circulation. Get your money moving and buy some other cards. Yeah, you know sometimes yeah. point eight is in a death sentence. Sometimes point eight is a is a is freedom. Point seven is freedom. Sometimes point <laughs> six is freedom. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you I'm took every hundred dollar card you turned down ninety dollars for, and then you went and sold it for less than ninety that later, count those mm. in your career. All of us. I bet you it adds up to be a lot more money than we would have made if we had sold it the first time we got a decent sure. offer. But we all make that mistake. I hold out too long for stuff too. So, yeah, well, we try to learn. Uh, that, those are the mistakes which we keep trying to learn from. Right? Yeah, just you know, th those mistakes are great mistakes as long as you don't mm -hmm. do them every single weekend. Yeah, yeah. So let let me ask you. I know you don't travel. Like you, you don't go out overnight i mean all, all the shows you do are within driving distance but do you still so i know there's no expenses really for hotels and things like that but do you still calculate your cost and, and gas and food and things like that into your into mileage. your cards yeah mileage yeah. a little bit gas cost stuff like that more grading costs but 
for me, I look at grading every card in my hand. I put it like $25 a card, even if it's bulk rate, you know, nothing. It's super high end stuff. I always factor like every card I buy raw is 25 bucks. You got to ship it and shirt, blah, blah, blah. And that goes in there too, but you should keep keeping track of that stuff. People, obviously you're, if you're driving around to shows every weekend and traveling to shows, or you're going to spend a hotel room in Dallas or Burbank and fly there. I mean, you got to think about that. It's great mm. if you can make that kind of money, but man, I know if I went to Burbank and I want to go to Burbank really bad, I really think that'll be a great fun time, but I want to go if I'm going to go for vacation and then spend a day or two at the show, because I honestly can't in my head put together how it would cost me thousands of dollars for airfare and hotel, how you could actually yeah. make money. I just don't see it. I, yeah. I don't yeah. me personally can't because you it. would have to you would literally have to start out with you know two thousand dollars right it, it, say it costs fifteen hundred or two thousand whatever it costs I mean you have to start out and you need to start making that up front to make to break even and, right, and right. I'm not talking about selling two thousand dollars worth of cards I'm talking about profit I mean right that's hard it, and you're it, talking you know thirty percent twenty percent margins you got to sell ten grand just right I mean think about it yeah yeah, yeah it's hard yeah it's hard and and you know I'm I'm going to be 50 years old. I'm not sharing rooms with people. You know, I'm not, I would travel in a car with someone across the country. I'm not sharing hotel rooms with people. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm I, I not that it's not, I wouldn't want to go budget. Of course, when you're running a business, but I'm past those days, man, where like someone gets the couch and someone's getting the bed. I'm not doing that. You know, so I'm not saving a hundred dollars a night to, to, to sleep on the floor. And I don't want to hear you snore, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Joe, the other day, Joe was busting me to go to Canada. Oh no, go to national drive to national drive. Bro, that's great. I'm not bunking with you guys. That's cool. I'm, that's great. You go me. I'll stay home. Send pictures. Yeah, yeah. I tried to get I tried to get these guys together to do a, like an Airbnb house out in Cleveland for the You're national. Crazy. Finally, I just said, you know what? All right, it's too much. I'm going. I I feel like I'm the only one going for the whole week. Like everybody wants to come in on Thursday to Saturday and Friday to Sunday and all. Cost that. money, said, oh. Cost money. Yeah. I said, forget it. I ended I'm up. I'm not even going. A... I want to go. I like the experience. I think the national stuff is great. I really love it. Just mm -hmm. the pace of it. I don't know if I need it. I feel like, again, like I still just, again, if I was going for vacation to sit and hang out with a bunch of people. Yeah. But most people want to buy and sell cards all weekend. They're not hanging out. You know I mean? I, I yeah. think I would want to go for the fun. I'd have more fun, you know, going this weekend and, and bumping into people at, in, in Philly. And that I play, you know, seeing Rob and 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 those guys there, and and, and Philly, mm -hmm. seeing the card. Where, where, where's I play? Where's that show? Freehold, Freehold, New Jersey. It's a. It used to be a three day show. It was Friday and Saturday this year. They do a real nice job over there. I mean, it's a big, big room. There could be so many more dealers. I don't know why they don't put more in. I I don't know why they don't. Yeah. But the room is full. A big room. It's full. Um. I think last year they had some autograph people there. Not this time. I don't think. But I had never been to Fish uh, Fishtown before, and uh, that That's was fun. The casino, right? Yeah, it was fun because yeah. like I when I came in, the dude wouldn't let me walk into the casino. I'm like, I'm 49 years old. He's like, you got to take the elevator. I'm like, dude, I want to go in the casino. He wouldn't let me. But then I went up the elevator and then came right back down and walked to the casino. Um, <laughs> it's like being weird. And then the show was great though. Room was great, tight, tight. A lot of people, man, and. Yeah. Never been to that show before. Didn't even realize how many Eagles, Phillies, and um, other types of cards, which was cool because I picked up a couple of Mike Schmidt autos because, you know, by us, when you see them, they usually are gone in two seconds. 
Yeah. And um, so I picked up a couple. I even paid decent for them because you don't see them. I like them. Imagine those cards like. Huh? Imagine those cards like that you'd get at Burbank. <laughs> no yeah, one yeah. for those out there. Yeah, but I, I believe at Burbank, I, I would imagine that that stuff gets scooped up really, 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 really fast. Yeah. So what do you? Uh, what's your uh, schedule now? What shows are you going to be doing? Where? 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 where oh are we boy, find you? I'm doing the small Friday Night Oldbridge show on the 16th. I love that show. I love hanging out there. Uh, the following weekend, I'll be Saturday in Manahawkin, Manahawkin, uh, New Jersey. Actually, I say this show all the time. It's my second or third time setting up the small show with the VFW. They serve food. Howard Johnson from the Mets is signing autographs from the 86 Mets. So, again, there'll be 150 people showing up. There'll be 30 when, people. When is this? Next weekend or the weekend? Uh, after? The following weekend, not the 16th. I think it's the 23rd or the 24th. It's a Saturday. Howard Johnson's going to be there. You probably have 30, 40 tables in the room. There'll be 150, 200 people that will show up and they kids and they buy. Atmosphere is great. You know, you're going to, you're going to sell a, a Mickey Mantle rookie there. I doubt it, but don't be surprised if one walked in the room for sale. I've seen some stuff come two times. I was there. Uh, some of the cards that walked in and out of the room were, were, were insanity. And then after that's cardboard carnival, which is up in Montville. Uh, those guys are great. John and Joe, um, they do a real nice job with that show. There's a whole, they got a whole crew. Hmm. Nice. You don't do that show, do you? No, I, I haven't been involved in any of those, you know, because for me, it's staying overnight. I mean, to, for me to drive right. like the Westchester, the, um, Hofstra show, Long Island show. I drive, I drive back at night, you know, I'll go right. do the show on a Saturday then I'll drive home. It's an hour and a half home. And then I'm up in the morning to drive back an hour and a half. You know, once I'm beyond that, you know, if I get down there, then it's a hotel room. It's right. a lot of other things. So you're not doing white planes in March. You're not sure yet. Uh, I don't know. I haven't talked to John yet. I'll have to talk yeah. to John. White plane. I'm definitely doing white planes in March. And there's another show of old bridge show on Saturday. It's a different show. I'm doing that one. It's a small one. I like that one too. And then the Hofstra show should be coming up too, right? Yeah. It's coming up soon, I think. But I know March is the White Plains again. And yeah. then I think April, May will be a, a normal couple months for me. And then I'm going to – no June, no July. Most of June I won't. Probably like after – probably end of May. That's it. Middle Beginning of May, that's it for me. Once like Memorial Day hits, I will not do any shows. And then August I'll go back to White Plains. That will be the next time you'll see me set up. You'll see me at shows in a weekend if I'm bored. Yep. But for the most part, May, June, July, August, I'll be um, not out and about and then back at White Plains and then finish up the year again. But uh, I love the White Plains shows are great, man. I just have such a good time there. I sold a lot of stuff there last time, man. Yeah. I have uh, I have uh, Mohegan Sun at the end of this month, the end of February, last weekend in February, and then the following weekend is Foxwoods. Card oh, Vault's fun. doing the Foxwoods show. So I'm doing the two casinos back to back. How is that show? You know what? Uh, the 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 Mohegan show is a good show. Uh, you know, I've been to this. I've done this show like three or four times. It it, it there's a generally a good draw for it. Um, there's a uh, you know I think the room is pretty much split between sports and Pokemon. There's a lot of Pokemon stuff at that show, uh, and the Card Vault show. Now I've done the Card Vault. I've done. Um, 
you know, uh, Fenway Park last year. I did Gillette Stadium this year with them. Last year, they did this Foxwood show, which was unbelievable. Like everybody I knew did that. But I had booked to go to my daughter's. I had plane fare to go to my daughter's that weekend. And that show popped up. I didn't get to do it. And I was so sorry I missed that show because it was like everybody basically got so bought out, sold out. They just said what an unbelievable show that was. So looking forward, this will be my first Fox you know, show at, doing at Foxwood. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, April, I, I'm sitting on a, you know, uh, I don't have a lot of hockey cards, but I have a lot of high-end hockey cards. So I may consider running up to Toronto Expo in April to yeah. try, like I did last year, and move the hockey. I just sold a lot of hockey this weekend. I was moving a bunch of McDavid cards because, you know, Oilers are on fire and yeah. he's been playing really well. So for me, I looked at it like, you know what? It's time to cash because I have a lot of McDavid cards, a lot of McDavid. <laughs> I mean, so you know, you can't. You, I've heard of worse problems. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, but the problem is, is that the prices on him have been very, very soft recently. So you get a little yeah. spike, turn up. He's been playing great. You know, so I cashed out at some of them. Um, I've had them for a while, so I cashed out of a bunch. So which is good. Yeah, yeah. I'm still holding a lot though. That's my guy right there. I would like to do the Foxwood show one day. I think that for me, it would always have to be timing around like. Could I come? And because my wife is not coming to a card show, that's 100% never going to happen. But if I was yeah. going to Foxwoods and that happened to be there, I could set up and whatever. I could bring um, friends and family to do other things around the clock. That would be okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to a hotel room and staying anywhere for card shows. Yeah, it's not yeah. a vacation, vacation oriented yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I kind of really like the Mohegan show because before I jumped back into cards, I frequented the Mohegan. So I, I still have a, a lot of points that the last few shows, I just used my points to, to get a room for the night. So it's kind of fun. You go set up, you know, and then you go hit Michael Jordan's for a nice dinner, you know. Like stuff. Yeah, Food's but this, terrible. This, no, it was, it was pretty good when I was Ugh, there. I went there years ago. The food was terrible. But this, this particular... This particular weekend, the show is on. They have, uh, I think it's Maniscalco or somebody like, like oh, five no, five nights in a row. And, oh, and see him. Yeah, that'd be good. The hotel rooms were like seven hundred dollars a night. So I'm like, yeah, no, I'll drive back and forth for that. I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm only I'm only like fifty minutes, fifty five minutes away. So it's it's I'm, I'm okay to drive back and forth for that one. Um, yeah. I just don't, you know, the, those hotel, uh, White Plains is far for me. It's almost like an hour 45 each way. But, you know, I, I mentally prepare to do it and I get myself geared up and I I went to work on Monday. No problem. I just, you know, yeah. it's mind over matter with that stuff. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, kid, we're over an hour. Probably going to end it up here. I appreciate you coming back on. Appreciate you talking. Thanks for having me again, as always. Bringing your thoughts and uh Hopefully, uh, I'll talk to John. Hopefully, maybe I'll see you in March. At uh, probably either way, I'll go. To, I'll I'll ride the. Do you know the date of the White Plains? I'll tell you right now. It's probably the fifteenth and sixteenth. Manahawkin is the twenty fourth. By the way, Carnival Cardboard Carnival in Montville is the twenty fifth of February. March second is Old Bridge again, and then where are we going here? 22, 23, 24 for White Plains. Oh, it's three days? Yeah, and I've already seen them posting for autograph shiners. I got some good ones again. 
Yeah. They do such a good show. Jimmy does a really great job with that show. Yeah. Yeah. I love I mean, I don't Hofstra's a great show. I just the upstairs know. again? Are they gonna open up the downstairs? I don't know. I think it's gonna be just I only think the downstairs is open for August. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why they wouldn't. That's makes the show bigger and more attractive, right? I don't know. I am uh, the one thing I will never ever try to do at this point is get in the mind of a show promoter because I have zero uh, experience with that. There's got to be a reason that they know they're not going to do that. I don't know. Yeah. All right. All right, kid. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> well, you will. Uh, I'll definitely see you soon. Yeah. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like, definitely subscribe. And most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. And until next time, take care of yourselves and everyone around you. Take care, Brad. Bye.